Welcome to another Inside Line podcast. You are listening to a show dedicated to discussing actual cases. Dr. Daniel Cameron has been treating adolescent and adults for more than 30 years. He feels that the best way to get to know Lyme disease is through reviewed actual cases. Please remember that the advice given is general and not intended as specific advice as to any particular patient. If you require specific advice, then please seek that advice from an experienced professional. Now, please welcome Dr. Daniel Cameron. Hello, my name is Dr. Cameron. Welcome to another Inside Lyme case discussion. I find the best way to get to know diseases is through reviewing actual cases. I will be discussing a 73-year-old resident of a skilled nursing facility who died from COVID-19. You may be wondering why I'm discussing COVID-19 during an Inside Lyme podcast. I'm concerned for my children, grandchildren, and my patients. I want to share my understanding of COVID-19 through my eyes as a clinical epidemiologist. And lastly, my mother is in a skilled nursing facility in Minnesota, and she's 90, and she's in lockdown. McMichael and colleagues discussed this case in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2020. COVID-19 was first identified in China on New Year's Eve 2019 in a cluster of cases of unexplained pneumonia, wrote the authors. By February 19th, a 73-year-old woman residing in a skilled nursing facility developed, quote, worsening respiratory status requiring supplemental oxygen for five days, wrote the authors. Five days later, she was hospitalized with a fever of 103.3 Fahrenheit, tachycardia, and tachypnea. Tachypnea refers to rapid breathing. Oxygen saturation on room air was 83%. You'd normally expect that to be in the 90s. A CAT scan of the chest showed bilateral pulmonary infiltrates. This is typical of a pneumonia. The doctors prescribed a BiPAP. She had many underlying medical problems. Her medical problems included insulin-dependent type 2 diabetes, obesity, chronic kidney disease, hypertension, coronary artery disease, and congestive heart failure, wrote the authors. Within 24 hours, she was intubated. Two days later, a COVID-19 blood test was ordered. It was 48 hours before the COVID test came back positive. Three days later, she died. A CDC team was called in to look for other cases in a skilled nursing facility. As of March 18th, there were 101 residents of the skilled nursing facility with a confirmed case of COVID-19. Only 17 residents, or 15% of the residents of the skilled nursing facility, were negative for COVID-19. That means by that time, 85% were already infected. There were also 50 healthcare personnel and 16 visitors with a confirmed case of COVID-19. Their occupations varied from physical therapists, occupational therapists, speech pathologists, environmental care, which is housekeeping and maintenance, nurse, certified nursing assistant, health information officer, physician, and case manager. So it just shows how many people touch these skilled nursing facilities' lives and are important for that type of business. The hospitalization rate for residents was high. 54.5% of residents were hospitalized. This was not a surprise as their median age was 83 years old. It's still frustrating when over half of the residents had to be hospitalized. The hospitalization rate for visitors was also high. Half of the visitors were hospitalized. The hospitalization rate for staff was 6%. As of March 18th, 
7% of the residents had died and 6.2% of the visitors had died. No staff members died, wrote the authors. There were a long list of factors identified by the authors that could have contributed to the cluster of COVID-19 cases. Staff who had worked while symptomatic. There were staff who had worked while symptomatic. There was inadequate familiarity with and adherence to personal protective equipment recommendations. There were challenges to implementing proper infection control measures, like there weren't enough supplies of PPE and other items, even alcohol-based hand sanitizers. There was delayed recognition of cases because of the low index of suspicion. Now, now you have to remember that this was uh, in February 2020 when uh, Americans weren't as aware of the risk of COVID virus. There was a limited availability of testing and there was difficulty identifying persons with COVID-19 on a basis of signs and symptoms alone. The authors summarized the interventions that were introduced to prevent another cluster of COVID-19 cases. They introduced screening and restricted access policy for visitors and non-essential personnel. They screened healthcare personnel, including measurements of body temperature. They interviewed for the presence of respiratory symptoms so they could identify and exclude symptomatic workers they had close clinical monitoring of the residents. They introduced social distancing. And the staff had training on infection prevention and control and PPE use. What can we learn from these cases? COVID-19 can spread quickly in a skilled nursing facility without preventive measures. Visitors to skilled nursing facilities can become ill with COVID-19 and die. At least a third of the residents of a skilled nursing facility who contract COVIDs can die. What questions does this case raise? Will the preventive measures be effective at protecting residents of a long-term care facility, their visitors, and healthcare workers? And will there be more effective treatments for COVID-19 in the future? Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening to another Inside Lyme podcast, a show dedicated to discussing actual cases. Keep in mind, the notes for this episode and all episodes can be found on our website at danielcameronmd.com. Sign up for our newsletter to keep up with our cases. As always, it is your likes, comments, and shares that help spread the word about this podcast and our work. If you can, please leave a review on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. Until next time on Inside Lime.